0: hello and welcome to the latest episode of the geek roulette podcast long long overdue episode i'm one of your hosts mike sprygel
1: i am the other host john lundquist i don't think it's been that long like certainly not our longest break we've had it's not been our longest
0: it's been about a month and a half
1: has it man yeah that- it uh, like august like we're gonna chat like after it's done but like august i feel just like i don't know what the hell happened to it like August 1st came and then a whole bunch of crap happened. And then, like, it was September all of a sudden. Like, I don't really know what happened to August. Like, it just did. I think it happened, but I'm not sure of that. I know what happened.
0: We have kids. God, kids eat up
1: so much time. We do have kids. We also have jobs and other things. It's, it's, it's this whole life thing. It's just, it's damn annoying when you're trying to have good times. Mm hmm.
0: So. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us if it's been a while. And we'd like to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule where we can't even take time out of our busy schedules to record episodes.
1: Yes, we appreciate your patience. You rule. It's all
0: you need is just a little patience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyhow, basic housekeeping goes like this. Facebook, Twitter, we're on there go ahead, rate us, all, you know, the usual stuff we always say at the beginning of every episode, I almost need just to record it and then just hit a play button on a playback device just so I don't have to keep saying it, but then I don't get the enjoyment of saying it. And we couldn't ad-lib
1: silly things like, well, like this, I guess. Yeah,
0: this horrible garbage, oh, if there was a parachute on this, I would pull the cord on this parachute of an intro. Uh, You know. What do you, they can't all be winners. <laughs> the sad have, thing is, is that they're hearing this right now. I could just stop this. I could just re-record a new intro, but I'm not. I'm just
1: letting this go. Hell yes. That's just quality apathy right there. You get all the good and the bad because, you know, you're not really going to know the good unless you have the bad along with it.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, going into uh, what our episode is going to be, we're going to talk a little about the James Gunn Suicide Squad sequel reboot i don't know how you mm-hmm. want to describe it it's it's there
1: it's it's a little bit of both it's a mixed bag
0: and then we're going to also um, talk about what if the marvel animated series about alternate universes in the marvel reality
1: so yes which i believe we're halfway through at the moment uh, roughly have nine episodes i want to say
0: this will probably i'll have mastered and going before the sixth episode uh is released so yeah six, six episodes I don't know. Oh, I yes. they. I don't know how many episodes are going. I don't want to look it up, really. I just want to be, like, disappointed when I find out there's no more episodes. I,
1: I know there's one less than there was originally going to be because they, like, ran out of time to make it, so that one that was supposed to be on this season is actually going to be on next season, whatever the heck that episode was. Mm, yeah, well, next season. It's because it's already been renewed. Yes, before it even
0: started. Mm-hmm, that's how much faith they had. But before we get to our main topic, let's go through a few of our favorite segments. First and foremost, let's do what our recommendations are, what we like to recommend that we're into right now. John, go first.
1: Mine's kind of, not it's not going to be a full recommendation, but only because I'm not all the way done with it. So it could just horribly screw up um, the ending. It could just totally botch the landing on this thing. Um, I started a couple weeks ago. It's a show called Counterpart, which is on Amazon Prime. I believe originally it was on Stars. Um, it's got, uh, J.K. Simmons in it. It's also got J.K. Simmons in it and a couple other people that you may or may not recognize. Um, I say J.K. Simmons twice because the, the deal with this show is that, uh, it starts out, you meet J.K. Simmons' character. His name is Howard. He's basically just an office drone and he, uh, he kind of basically spends his entire life going into the work, doing these kind of menial tasks that's also kind of odd, um, he goes in this room and starts saying weird things, and um, and basically one, you know, in that first episode, you learn that what he's doing is he's working this building that is kind of like on this border of an alternate reality where thirty years ago our world got split into two different, um, two different realities, which kind of verged off into each other and. Each took a different path, and he meets his other self from the other world, and and basically there's some espionage. And I don't want to get too much into spoilers. Um, I'm five episodes in. The first season, I believe, is ten episodes, and um, there is a second season. I don't know if they're planning on a third season or not. I haven't really looked into it, but it's been pretty good so far. I'm intrigued to see what's going on. There are some twists and turns, even in these first five episodes here, Um and, uh yeah, it's good stuff. J.K. Sims does a great job playing two fairly different versions of himself, or at least of the character that he's playing. And it is good stuff. So, um, Counterpart, you should check it out. It's on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Amazing. Good stuff there, John. Good stuff.
0: Do you like this banter? It was just top-notch.
1: <laughs> Hooray for banter.
0: Uh, my recommendation's a very nice little piece of technology. If there's a brand that I like to endorse. I think it's funny when you look at cell phones and the evolution of them, when most of us started out with cell phones, we started out with like the old Nokia brick phones, and then we started getting the flip phones, and then we started getting to the early versions of smartphones, and yeah, it's gone along the time, and I remember a point in time where cell phones used to be affordable, but around probably at least uh, in the early how is hate referencing the decade, the early tens or <laughs> I, don't yeah, know. I forget what they call them. I know the, the it's the arts. I don't know what they call the teens. No. Yeah. I don't know. I guess the teens In the early teens. Uh, I think that's when phones turned a weird corner and you really started only getting just the top line and the bottom. And there really wasn't a middle anymore. You know, you either shelled out top dollar for like, the latest iPhone or the latest Samsung galaxy, or, you know, you went like to the bottom shelf and, you know, you got something that was a much slower, much weaker phone. And about four or five years ago, Google came out with the Pixel line. And the Pixel, they wanted to have to be not necessarily a premium phone per se, but a phone that still offered amazing performance at a good value. I mean, their phones usually came in around that $500 price point where you had to pay almost about 800 to to 1000 for a Samsung or an Apple. And the new uh, Google Pixel 5a. Now, they have the new Pixel 6, which is coming out within the next few weeks or so, which has an amazing processor in it. That's actually Google's attempt to try to go to more of a premium phone, closer in price to what you see out of the uh, Samsung and uh, Apple offerings, but they're still offering what they call their A-Series, which is uh, one of their models of their phones, which are still good, but not as pricey, and the new 5A came out about a week or two ago. It's only $450, but a great processor, great battery life, great display, and um, it's their 5A, which is kind of almost like their lesser-powered version of their 5, but not really. It's still a very good-performing phone. And again, at $450 for the phone, it's it's definitely, I think, a great benefit right there when you want to get something of good quality, but you don't have to go up the top, but you're not getting something really cheap. So um, I am thoroughly enjoying my Pixel 5A phone, and I would strongly
1: recommend it. Hooray for phones. Mm -hmm. That's how we talk. I got a new phone earlier this summer. I doubled in. See, we're an iPhone family here. Boo. uh, Yes. Um, And I doubled my number. I think I went from like a 5 or a 6 up to whatever the newest thing at the time, I think a 12. So, yes.
0: Well, how much did you
1: pay for your phone? I don't remember. It wasn't too bad because I think we had some credit and we had, I don't know, all sorts of stuff. It was there were shenanigans involved and we sold my old phone and
0: most was, phones. It. Now they do that where you can trade in an old model and then you can also set up for like installment payments. But usually like if for your 12, you're still paying about that 1000 range or so, even with some of that stuff on there. I mean, they're not cheap, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Where I was here, she could probably tell you exactly how much it was, but I was just basically there to, you know, to be there. Right. Uh, next up, we're
0: going to do our arbitrary list where We do a nice, weird list of just no consequence that sometimes is loosely tied into the episode. Today's topic for our arbitrary list, especially since we're talking uh, What If and Alternate Realities, is our top three favorite alternate reality TV shows, movies. I'll even say books or comics in there as well, too, where, you know, it just twists on, like, traditional things.
1: So, John, what's your first offering? My first one I'm going to go with, and these aren't as usual. I'm not doing them in any particular order. Um, it's something I've actually recommended on here before is Man in the High Castle. Um, it's a show on Amazon Prime. I know, shocking, right? If you can see Mike now, he's making these these awestruck faces of because he's so surprised that I'm recommending this. This is like your third um, time you've recommended it in some shape or form, but it's not a recommendation. Yeah. It's an actual just list item. now. Yes, this is just a list now. Um, but it's good stuff. If you don't know what it is, it's basically what happens if the Nazis win world war II. they divvy up America into two chunks. Basically Japan takes the Western part, West of the Rockies and the Nazis take East of the Rockies and the Rockies themselves are kind of this weird neutral zone area. Um, and it, you're following basically a few characters who are part of this resistance where they start finding these films that show what happened in our reality where the allies win and the Nazis lose. Um, and they're basically their fight against the Nazis, power and all this and it gets it goes four or five seasons i think i forget exactly how long it does wrap up you know fairly well it's got kind of one of those slightly ambiguous endings but not not too bad not like some shows do um but it's a good ride i won't go too much on it because i've chatted about it before um but yes man in the high castle is my first one
0: all right we uh before recorded you mentioned this movie and you said it wasn't in your top. I can understand why it's in mine, but not for the reason you think. Um, I'm going to pick Donnie Darko. And the reason why is this is that it does deal with space and time and just how simple little choices or things impact, you know, everything. And how do you deal with the fact that you, if you knew the world would end, your world would end and where you go from there. And you said it was a very quirky and weird movie, and I'm I'm not going to deny that. It is a weird and quirky movie. I think the reason I like it, though, is for one particular reason. I feel it does an amazing job of really capturing what it was like in the late 80s. The feel, the tone, the soundtrack, and just some of the things. It's a level of nostalgia that works very well for me. And then the weird quirkiness of it, I also tend to enjoy as well. I think there's been a lot of people have tried to dissect the movie or overanalyze certain elements and aspects of it. And I think that's always the problem is if you pull at the threads hard enough at something like this, it's always going to unravel. I think it's just something that's good to just enjoy in face value. So I'm going to say Donnie Darko.
1: Yeah, and it's not that I didn't like it or don't like it. It's just well, part of and part of it's too. I haven't seen it in a long time. Like I watched a handful of times back, you know, when it came out like late '90s, early '2000s. Um, but just yeah, just it, there's a lot going on, and I'm not. I'm just not quite sure what to make of it anymore. So it's one of those things I probably need to revisit. Next for you. Next for me is, I don't know, maybe kind of a cheat, but not really. Um, I'm going to go with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse because there's definitely some alternate re- reality and universe stuff there, but not super, um, not as much as some of these other ones. So like I said, maybe a bit of a cheat, um, but I really enjoyed it. You know, I mean, it's one of those, you get these different characters from all these different realities. Um, you don't necessarily know what's what it was that made them different. Like, you know, why is, you know... Spider-Man Noir or whatever his name, you know, the the Nicolas Cage one. Why is he like that? Where, you know, why do we get these different ones? We don't really get that backstory, but I also feel we don't really need it as much. Um, and I'm hoping they are working on a sequel. I know, well, they are working on a sequel for it, but I'm hoping that the sequel kind of almost takes it and, you know, instead of getting just a handful of characters, we get just like an actual like Spider-Verse, you know, like I remember in the comics that this is kind of based off of the Spider-Verse uh, crossover. There were just dozens and dozens of them and i kind of hope we kind of get to see some of those in the sequel it'll be nice to see just a big you know shot panning over some scene where you just get to see hundreds of these ones and it's one of those shots that you kind of want to go back to and screen grab just so you can pick out like oh there's this guy and there's that spider-man and this spider-man and um you know i really hope they play with it a bit more and maybe with you know these alternate universe you know the multiverse stuff going on in Coming up here in the Marvel movies, maybe we'll get to see some of that, but uh, but we'll see. But yeah, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse.
0: My next choice is... Um, it's hard to say this is an alternate universe. It actually takes part in a similar world we know of, but ironically enough, his whole movie universe actually is kind of almost an alternate reality universe. And I'm talking actually about Quentin Tarantino. And the movie I'm going to refer to first is Inglorious Bastards. Uh, it takes version in World War II, but it's kind of an alternate version of how the events of World War II played out. If Quentin Tarantino didn't want to just go with Hitler taking the easy way out of killing himself, um, he's done this a couple times in his movies. Uh, like his most recent one was uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where, again, it's kind of a twist on an actual real life event. But it plays more of a backdrop, and that isn't central to it. But I was kind of, you know, like the fact that you took a, hey, what if there was this like radical plot to try to assassinate Hitler, and you know they they turn it into you know what the movie turned out being. Honestly, I feel that Inglorious Bastards is probably it, it's almost always barely up there for my favorite Tarantino movie. I just think it's very well acted. There is some definitely over the top stuff, but and there's some stuff that's completely cheesy, but it still has a charm in itself. So inglorious
1: bastards. That's that's gonna have to be another one that we do on the John Needs to Watch. I've never actually seen Inglorious oh. Bastards. Yeah, that I like that, John. I like it. Yeah, and again that one's not for any reason. Like I just yeah, I just haven't seen it. It looks cool. But, you know, one of these days. Um, my last one is a TV series that, uh, ran on Fox a while back and that is fringe. Um, and I would say the only drawback to this one is it does, since it kind of comes from the age of before, you know, TV shows had these nice short seasons, you know, it did have that 23 or 26 episode season arc thing going on. So there's a lot of just kind of like the monster of the week and there's a lot of those one-off. Thing So I would almost recommend if you're going to do this one, like maybe find like a watching order where you get all the, just the mythology episodes. Um, but this one has two distinct worlds in it. Um, and I think in this one's just basically an alternate universe, like kind of like that theory of that, you know, there are an infinite amount of universes out there where every choice you make, you know, kind of springs off and does a whole different thing. Um, and this one focuses on a doctor who's, uh, I forget this guy's name. Bishop, I think, is his last name. I can't think of his first name. I don't want to say John, but I could be wrong there. Um, but either way, it's focuses kind of on him and his son, and then one. I think she's in the FBI or CIA or something like that. It's been, can you tell? It's been a while since I've seen this one. Um, and just basically the difference between the world, and he kind of tries to save his son in one universe, and it causes all these issues. And there's just there's a lot going on there, and there's this secret bald guy who. Is kind of watching everything and trying to keep track of stuff. It's if it sounds confusing, that's because it kind of is. It's one of those shows that you know brings up a lot of questions and <clears throat> answers them as it goes along, but then brings up even more. So it's kind of one of those shows. The more you watch, the more you know. You want to know what's going on. It just it's really well done, really well acted. Um, so yeah, Fringe. It's probably out there streaming somewhere. There. It was originally on Fox. so I'm not sure where that would put it for the. The streaming services, but Fringe is definitely one worth tracking down. Like I said, you might want to go find like a, a recommended watching order or something like that because there are some other a lot of those, you know, just fill in episodes where, you know, you got to fill out those 20, pad out those 26 episodes. But some of those are pretty good, but some of them you can probably skip. Never saw it. That's good stuff.
0: I knew it was out there. It just, I think that came out in a time when there was just so many other things going on and I didn't want to invest the time.
1: Yeah, and I don't think I watched it live. I think that was when I picked up like back in DVDs, back when you bought seasons of DVDs. I think that was when I watched it. Was I watched it on Blu-ray or something after the fact? Okay, boomer. Yeah. Uh,
0: my last recommendation is also a TV series, and it just wrapped up its most recent season. It's definitely something that plays with a lot of variations of realities and how you know little things make a little difference here and there. I'm talking Rick and Morty. Uh, Rick and Morty deals, of course, with Rick Sanchez, who's a super smart scientist. whole parody of, you know, Back to the Future, but takes it so much further. And his family, and as the series goes on, you realize that there is multiple different dimensions with variations of the family, different Ricks. Some work towards the same common goals, same don't, some don't. And the Rick that's the focal point of the series does not like the other Ricks or others. There's definitely a lot of interest in canon that goes in there. There's definitely a lot of dimension jumping, and th- you sometimes have to almost re-watch it and you try to keep track of just some of the little facts. Like, you forget that, wait a minute, that's right. He isn't currently in his normal reality. He did this and did that. But I feel it went from being a simple little parody to growing its own legs and becoming just a strong series in itself. So, Rick and Morty.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen any of the most the most recent season, like you said, just wrapped up. I haven't seen any of that one yet. I've got to go find somewhere to, to catch that.
0: The most recent season's fairly good. There are some, I think, gags they had that run concurrently through a few episodes that it almost feels a little lazy at times, like, ah, I get it, you're trying to shock us. But I think when you get to the heart of a lot of some of the core elements of the canon story, it really does a good job of just progressing it overall as a show. Yes, and
1: didn't that get renewed for like six seasons or some ridiculous amount of I mean, seasons? There's more seasons coming.
0: It, it's yeah. gonna, they're going to keep making seasons until either Dan Harmon gets sick of it or you know they get canceled. Yeah. All right. Moving on to our uh, main topic, we're going to talk two different things. One, I bash DC movies rather openly on this podcast. My disdain for the majority of them that are usually post-Dark Knight, is pretty high. And each time like I try giving one a chance, it just fills me with such loathing and disgust. So there, there was a period of time where James Gunn, who of course you may know from his work with Guardians of the Galaxy, was temporarily let go from Marvel because... People were, you know, talking about things that he tweeted a long time ago and saying, oh, you know, it's inappropriate he said some of these things. But I think also, you know, you kind of have to sometimes in some of these things take in a grain of salt of what the time and who the person was at a time. Like if I think about all the wretched things I said as like a 13 and 14-year-old, yeah, I was probably a horrible person in some ways back then too. But hopefully, as time goes on, you kind of realize
1: that you don't want to be that person anymore. So yeah, he, and I think, well, I think in his case too, he had even already previous to the Disney thing, like he'd even already acknowledged him and was like, "Yeah, those were things I shouldn't have said. They were stupid, but you know, I learned, and here I am." And then a couple years later, something that happened. Yeah, it's weird. I mean. I don't want to make a whole separate
0: thing into cancel culture and its overall factor. I think there's definitely some things that people say and I think the the problem with people I have is when they say horrible things, but then they try to cover it up or rationalize it versus if somebody were to sit there and actually own up and like, yeah, I said this stupid thing. I really shouldn't have said this thing in itself. You know, if there's something that seems genuine in the remorse and understanding I mean, then yes, but other times it's like, oh no, that was a different me, and ooh, or so, uh, but he was let go, and he was given the opportunity and offered, uh, to do the sequel to DC's Suicide Squad movie, uh, which originally was gonna be done by David Ayer, but, uh, there was just various conflicts and other issues that came up, so he stepped out, um, and ultimately they brought in James Gunn, and I watched it a few weeks back. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give James Gunn the benefit of the doubt. Uh, the first Suicide Squad movie, I hated. I thought it was such a horrible, horrible piece of garbage, over-stylized. And a lot of people say that part of the problem with the original Suicide Squad movie was that the studio just got too much of a hold on it and basically cut, chopped up the entire original vision of the movie. You know what? I can see some of that. I can understand and get some of that. Uh, so they brought in James Gunn. He made, I guess, kind of a standalone sequel. He used established characters from the first movie, but kind of definitely took it in a different direction. Before we talk about Suicide, the new Suicide Squad movie, what did you think of the uh, first one that came out?
1: I never saw it because I was, A, not terribly excited, you know, like when the trailers and all that stuff came out, and then when it did come out, I heard just, horrible, horrible things, and I was like, I'm not even going to waste my time, so I didn't even ever go see it.
0: It, It's bad. I mean, between me wanting to beat the hell out of Jared Leto for his horrible Joker to really, I mean, ultimately, the only thing that people say that was good that came out of that movie was essentially uh, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn, which eventually got its own movie kind of spinoff movie itself. But even so, it just wears thin when just the rest of the movie it was just that bad. So, I I came into the course the sequel with as limited, you know, expectations as possible. I had so much faith in James Gunn, not faith in DC Warner. That being said, watching it, I thought the movie, it was okay. I will say this, it was definitely a mark above what the previous one was. I think there were certain elements in the movie itself that didn't work. And maybe part of it is just because, again, it's hard to understand where this movie fits in DC's grander scheme of things. If you were to try to isolate it from the rest of DC and their movies, I think it works a lot better. But the movie itself kind of plays a little loose all over the place and makes it a little hard. But I think James Gunn did the best he could with what this movie was and everything that was involved with it. What are
1: your thoughts, John? See, I think I liked it a little bit better than you did. I would say, like, for me, it was good. Like, I actually enjoyed it. Um, But I think part of that is because I didn't even bother worrying about, like, where it fit in, you know, the DC Timeline chronology, whatever. Like, I just kind of took it as basically this is its own thing, you know. Who cares what it had, you know? I never saw the first one, so I wasn't worried about any attachments to that, you know. And I heard you didn't even really need to watch the first one, that there were, you know, there wasn't anything there that you needed to know to see this one. Um, and I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was quirky, you know, the different characters, and you know, the, you know, kind of like it was basically I give you a mix of Deadpool with Guardians of the Galaxy, essentially. You got that over the top violence and language and just crazy stuff like that, you know, but the, Kind of also the, you know, humor and, and the soundtrack, of course, from that was very similar to Guard, what you got in Guardians of the Galaxy. But, uh, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I didn't, like I said, I didn't worry about, you know, how does Superman fit into this world? I didn't really care. Um, I just kind of took it as its own thing and it was, you know, I enjoyed it. I would say if you're, you know, if if you like Deadpool for sure, you should check this out because it's very similar to that with, like I said, a mix of Guardians of the Galaxy on the side.
0: Would you say that you were able to get emotionally invested in the characters, knowing as little as you did about the characters?
1: Um, you mean beforehand, or the, or as the course of the movie went through went? On? I,
0: I think both. You know, I mean, if you're coming into this fresh and you're meeting these a lot of these characters for the first time, how how do they appeal to you? And I guess as the movie went on, did you feel invested into the characters?
1: I didn't know much about them going into it. I'm not a huge DC person. Um, you know, I was vaguely familiar with, you know, most of them, but didn't know a whole lot, you know, like I've, I've never followed, you know, what was it Bloodsport or whatever his name was that Idris Elba played. Um, I thought as it went, they did a an okay job with it, I think, for what it was. I mean, you know, you got to kind of see, you know, some of the background for some of them with uh, Ratcatcher 2 and with, you know, Bloodsport with what they had going on. Um, I think they were the two that probably got the most. He got a little bit more with Polka Dot Man. Um, not quite as in-depth, though, basically just like his mom was this cruel, crazy person that he sees all over the place and wants to kill. Um, you know, so, I mean, that's one area maybe could have used a little bit of work, and I think, you know, there was an effort put in there. You know, it wasn't, you know, an A-plus job, but I think they did, they did all right with it, I felt.
0: I, I think overall the movie, I think the humor was, I've worked well for the movie itself. I think that's where I kind of like fell short was that it was just harder to root for some of the characters. Like I think comparing it to let's say Guardians of the Galaxy, which is again a hard thing to do because of I think you know what Marvel allows versus what DC does in terms of their movies. I look at the fact that James Gunn was able to make us care about. Five to six characters that nobody has ever heard about before, you know, and you know, no common person at least, and made them all very emotionally relatable when it came down to it. In Suicide Squad, I kind of got a little bit different on there, where I think they definitely had the humoristic, you know, humoristical, you know, beats that you get out of a lot of James Gunn characters. I just felt that there wasn't a time I sat there and said, you know what, I really like this character. I think, you know, for them, I think some of it is is like, oh look, there's Harley Quinn. I'm like, all right, fine, there's Harley Quinn, but we've had this conversation before. I'm kind of sick of Harley Quinn in some ways, just because I feel of just how much they DC and the whole thing milks that whole thing out. You know, the other characters are kind of like almost what they're supposed to be throwaway characters and i think the problem is is that i think part of it is is because the movie itself especially early on establishes that anyone can die I think again, I you're almost not expecting most of these characters to make it, which in some ways also makes it harder to get invested, like, well, this guy's good for this joke, but he's probably gonna die. And then when a character would die, you know, in some ways, you kind of sit there and like, Yeah, I saw it, and I think it becomes it almost felt kind of almost like how like Mortal Kombat felt back in like the nineties when you saw Fatality. You're kinda laughing at the odd gruesomeness of the how you know some of these characters died. But you really didn't care about the character. Like, if I were to play the video game and a character dies in the video game, it's like, oh, whatever. You just kind of move on. So I think that's where I felt that there was just made some minor opportunities where because of the nature of the movie where so many of the characters could die, it made it harder to have gravity to the characters versus, I think, Guardians of the Galaxy where it was easier to have weight and gravity to them because they were building more of an ongoing narrative where this definitely felt more like almost like a one-shot in some ways.
1: Yeah, and I think, although I would say, too, that I think you had that beginning part where it was kind of, you know, they killed all of the, you know, that entire team. Spoiler! And, uh, yeah, and Weasel, where they killed all those, you know, or supposedly killed, since Weasel's apparently not dead. Spoiler! They, um But they didn't really do any, you know, up until the end again, though, they didn't really kill anybody kind of in between there. So I think they kind of... Played that card at first, like, you know, hey, these characters are actually going to die. And then, you know, oh, but maybe not quite so much. And then, you know, towards the end, you lost a few more. And, um, you know, so it, it did have that, like, you know, hey, we're willing to kill them, uh, but maybe not, you know, quite so much. They pulled back a little bit on it. Um, I think we ended up with how many at the end ended up living? Four spoilers.
0: Of them? <laughs> uh, oh. Spoilers. <laughs> we didn't announce spoilers.
1: Uh, you know, yeah. if, you're, if you're listening to us review a movie that's two months old at this point, then, you know, hey, I, I don't know what to tell you.
0: I don't know. You're right. I think it was maybe about four or, four or five that maybe made it out of there. And, you know, I think fighting off against the main villain, which was Starro in some shape, way, or form, it, again, you kind of have a villain that it just didn't really feel – to me is menacing I almost I almost want to say like the movie felt like hey let's think of all the funniest ways people can die and then almost build a plot around it and again I'm going to say the movie I felt was okay I think it definitely was much better than what the previous version is I felt that at least there was love and heart and soul put into the movie compared to what definitely felt like with the first suicide squad where it was like built on all the notes of every single executive possible. Like maybe we should have them do this. Whereas this was almost like a bunch of guys kind of screwing around and saying, what if we made a movie where we did all these weird little things here? And you know, you got something that was, I think very much amusing, but it also felt just like almost the more deadly version of jackass in some ways.
1: Yeah. I mean, it definitely did a lot of stuff to kind of, you know, went over the top just to be over the top. Um, but I do think, like, you could tell that I think everybody here just definitely had fun making this movie. Oh, yeah. You know, like, it didn't tell but John Cena, you know, like, they, they had fun making this movie where it was like, let's just go out, let's make this ridiculous-ass movie. You know, who cares? I You know, I think I even read somewhere that James Gunn basically got to do, like, they, they didn't rein him in on anything. I think there was, like, one thing they made be like, yeah, maybe not that, but it wasn't that big, you know, it wasn't anything major. Um, but that he basically, like, this is basically what he wants. Like, like we got the director's cut here. Um, and you can tell that just like everybody had a good time doing this thing from, you know, Michael Rooker, the first character you see down to the end of it. Just, you know, and it, I, I, I thought it was kind of interesting to see Starro in there because it was definitely not a, you know, it's one of those things. Like, I think if they had brought out just some, like, you know, Hey, we're going to go up against, you know, Deadshot or something, you know, just some regular guy. I think when you... They brought out that big, you know, he's this big giant, you know, we got some kaiju action up in here or whatever, you know, this big giant alien star thing that's clearly kind of outclasses the, this group of characters. You know, you definitely kind of get in that situation Well, they're clearly probably going to win, but, you know, how are they going to do it? Um was kind of interesting, interesting to see, so, um,
0: yeah. yeah. And as I said, you know, I think to touch on your point, yeah, everybody had fun making the movie. I, the heart, I think, was there. I feel, again, it's it's almost like when you get somebody else's toys and you're like, all right, let me just see what I can do with these toys, where I felt, at least with Guardians, he had more instrumental ac- actions in helping build those toys. Granted, he didn't create the characters or the, any of the comic characters, but he, I think he did a better job of bringing the vision from ground up instead of almost inheriting, like, all right, here's what I have. What am I going to do to try to salvage what was done before?
1: Yeah. Um and of course, after this too, we're supposed to get in a Peacemaker. Is it a TV series or is it as a movie?
0: I think it's an HBO series.
1: Yeah, and and that'll be. I'll be curious to see. Um, I thought John Cena did a good job with Peacemaker for as ridiculous kind of as a character he was. I'll be curious to see what kind of angle they take on the TV show. Like if it ends up being him more, just being the same. I, th- I think I saw one person saying, you know, online somewhere, they're like, yeah, I hope he, beats when he gets in that fight with. Uh, Captain, Commander Flag, whatever Flag, whatever the heck. Um, and Flag, just before he dies, he says, you know, Peacemaker, what a joke. You know, he kind of gets this look on his eye. Like, he almost, like, if he takes that to heart, maybe he tries to, you know, take his role as Peacemaker more seriously, not just be this cartoonish, crazy, you know, whatever. Maybe we could see that kind of struggle in TV show that could be interesting. But if it's going to be just eight episodes of John Cena basically just doing exactly what he did here, I'll be less interested because it was... It was not bad in this because you you kind of got it in bits and pieces here and there but you know he
0: doesn't have to carry it he's based when you have movies like this where it's an ensemble movie you know you have all these people pulling equal weights and filling certain roles so you know if you were to sit there and say can he now take this character and make this character carry a whole show I wouldn't say yes, but I'm sure that they'll try to surround him with other characters to balance it out. You almost have to do that for that type of situation.
1: Yeah, like I, I'm not going to totally dismiss it out of hand. Like I'm a little skeptical, but I'll be curious to see what they do and what other characters they give him to to bounce off of and, and see what they do well. I'll give it a shot. I
0: uh I don't know. I might we'll we'll see where I am at this point. I mean, as I said, I I think it's probably one of the better things that DC and Warner Brothers has done in terms of movies. I think the only uh, last thing of note just to call out that I will say finding out about this fact afterwards, it makes things seem much more impressive. Uh, there is one stunt that was done in the movie that was legitimately done. Uh, got to give Margot Robbie credit. The scene where she's captured and... She takes out a guard, uses her feet to pick up the keys, and then uses the keys to go ahead, bring it up to like her wrist locks that she's hanging from, and open them. That would she all legitimately did. That was no stunt act dumble. She actually did that whole scene right there, which I'll give credit. That was impressive. If that's the case,
1: yeah, that's one of those when you're watching, like, oh, that's kind of a cool thing, but you, you know, you kind of just like you know whatever. It's a movie, and then yeah, and then afterwards you're going. I, I saw the same eyes. Somewhere I saw in an article or something that yeah, Margot Robbie actually did all that. And you're like, wow, holy cow, that's that's kind of impressive.
0: Yep. So you know, I'll give tons of kudos for that right there. Um, I mean, overall, I would say on a you know a scale of like one to ten, I give the movie maybe around a, I'd say maybe a seven. It's it's something I think that's definitely I think above average. It's something that's you know fun to watch maybe one time around. It's not something I find that I would rewatch. But it definitely is probably the best that I've one of the better movies I've seen out of DC so far since they've had all their movies come out this past decade.
1: Yeah, and I'd probably be right around that same area, like a seven, maybe seven point five. Um I would maybe watch again just because Mariah, my wife, hasn't seen it yet, and if she wanted to watch it, I'd maybe watch it with her, but you know I'm probably not gonna sit down and watch like on my own volition there's too much other stuff I'd rather watch out there but you know, and, it's it, good
0: and knowing your wife too I think she would be bombarding you with questions about who all these different characters are and again you know even if like even if you had watched the first you know suicide squad movie only a couple of characters from the first movie make it into the second movie so I'm sure that you know you could watch the first movie and maybe learn more of the background of what the suicide squad kind of is. It's not necessary to watch. I think you just have to watch it just really if you just hate yourself and want to torture yourself with just a bad movie.
1: Yeah, that's my understanding of it.
0: All right. Let's uh let's move on to Marvel then. Marvel had their uh what if series premiere about over a month, a little over a month ago or so, where the origins of it, there used to be a few iterations or series of Marvel comics that were released and uh, late 70s 80s even they relaunched again you know later on but essentially it was a comic that dealt with what if a certain situation happened that like would have changed everything so as an example like one of the what if comments was is like what if peter parker stopped the robber that would have killed his uncle ben how would have that changed things you know little things along those lines um with the current what f series the way it's kind of being almost pitched out is this is alternate realities that instead of making it almost like just kind of the it is an anthology series but instead of it being an anthology series with no gravity it is a series where they're saying these are all things that did actually happen just in different dimensions and it's all supposed to help tie into the upcoming dr strange uh multiverse of madness movie and even in some ways the upcoming spider-man uh homecoming movie not homecoming uh no Far No Way Home movie that's coming out later this year as well too. So Marvel's biggest thing they're right now, doubling down on is just this whole aspect of different realities, different worlds, and it, it makes sense too because I think this is we've mentioned on previous episodes how we feel Marvel is going to bring different iterations or versions of established characters back in out of uh, actors that have maybe retired. Um, there's been five episodes and the five episodes first would be what if, uh, Captain Carver, Captain Carter was the first Avenger. So what if Steve Rogers didn't become uh, Captain America and said, you know, Peggy Carter did and how that was, you'd have it. What if T'Challa became Star-Lord where there was an accident and abduction, which led him to becoming, you know, taking Star-Lord's place, Peter Quill. Uh, what if the world lost its mightiest heroes? Where it's more of a thriller. What if like all the heroes were being killed before the formation of the Avengers? Uh, what if Doctor Strange had lost his heart instead of his hands, meaning that you know he lost the woman he loved, Christine Palmer, versus actually losing having his hands damaged in the accident. And the most recent was what if uh, zombies took over? You know the overall Marvel universe. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on the whole series?
1: I've been enjoying it. It's been a fun little ride. It's, I mean, it's basically, it's an anthology, and we've, we've, you know, talked about anthologies before with Love Death Robots. Um, some are good, some are not so good. I think these have all at least been, you know, pretty decent. I think the, 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 I've liked them, I think, the earlier ones more, and it's kind of gone down a little bit, I think, since then. I think this last episode with the zombies, I haven't care, didn't care for as much, but we can kind of get into that as we talk about each one, but I think the animation on them is great um it's always nice to see like in the credits in the beginning like you you see 90 percent of the actors that played these characters on screen are doing the voice for them. there's a couple notable ones like chris evans isn't doing captain america uh robert downey jr isn't doing iron man but like you'll see mark ruffalo in there you'll see benedict cumberbatch does dr strange and the most
0: important one is the last
1: performance of chadwick boseman as t'challa yes yeah and he does t'challa in two episodes so far um but it's been good, and it's been interesting to see, like, in the comic books, like you mentioned, like, you know, you get these scenarios, and 90% of the times in the comic books, it just ends up with, you know, what if this happens? And the answer is, everybody dies. You know, <laughs> they're just these big, these bleak, just super depressing, you know, like, what if, you know, Wolverine gets the Phoenix Force or something? And it's just, through some means or another, just, you know, all of the X-Men die, and some, it's, it's basically just a way for them to kill off characters. There's, there's a few here and there that are pretty good. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's just these alternate, you know, stories where just everybody dies and they just they're these bleak things. And I, and I even told my wife, you know, as we were watching it, you know, the first few episodes, like, you know, that's basically what the comics are, you know. So I'm like, I'll be curious to see what happened, in the f- which was kind of interesting. The first couple of episodes were actually kind of more, more upbeat. Um, and actually, and as well as that, like, they're actually the, the two that kind of just basically take a specific instance where you can actually say, what if this one thing happened know and how would it change you know what if this one thing was different it would make this you know they have this huge ripple effect Whereas the other three i feel kind of are definitely still what if but they're more general we don't get that one specific thing it's kind of just like you know hey this thing happened you know we're not sure exactly why but you know whatever Um, I I
0: think Chris Hardwick, like, in one of his comedy routines, he was, like, talking about the Twilight Zone. And I think he'll almost feel like that's what the series feels like. It's the Twilight Zone. He used to refer to, they should just call Twilight Zone, like, nice try, asshole. Because there's always somebody that gets their comeuppance because they make that one choice and, you know, that always comes back. And I I think you're right. There's always the more bleaker option that is going to happen because, let's be honest here, Happy Ending's aren't as cool sometimes as those, you know, what if, you know, everything went bad kind of scenarios.
1: Yeah. And I think almost to a point too. it, almost, you know, having the bad outcome in a lot of those what if stories almost shows you like, you know, Hey, this is, you know, they were this close to, you know, this is why it's such a remarkable thing that the heroes pulled out what they did, because if one thing had gone wrong, you know, everybody would have died. Um, but it is kind of nice to see like in the Captain Carter episode where, you know, you, you know, Steve Steve uh, Rogers doesn't become Captain America, but instead of just having this whole, you know, the Nazis win World War II and everything goes wrong with the world, you know, things still end up all right. It ends up differently, but, you know, you just basically get a different version of Captain America. You know, she's still just as good as he is, um, and technically we get a bonus superhero because we get a, what the heck is his name, Hydra Stomper or something like that, right. basically Iron Man. Um, but it's kind of nice to see these different, you know, different takes on stuff. And like I said, the animation is really good, and it's kind of its own style. I think that's one area where Marvel was always lacking in the past. Whenever they put out an animated thing, the animation will always be kind of subpar, whereas I feel like they do a pretty good job with it here.
0: I would say this. I thought the animation was fine. <clears> throat> yeah, throat's getting dry. I've been talking a lot today. I would say where the bigger issue, I think the voice acting, it felt a little too cartoony at times, where... I I feel like the seriousness was sometimes undercut by the fact that it was trying to make it feel more cartoony instead of maybe trying to take a more of a serious take on some of the stuff. Maybe that's just a small little nitpick there, but overall I, I feel the series has been good, but I definitely agree that there's been some just hits and misses. Like the first episode, it was I think an intriguing if not predictable episode of like, Hey, what happened if Peggy became, you know, captain Carter. All right. Fine, you had that change there. I feel the second episode where you know T'Challa becomes Star Lord is probably the best episode out of all five of them. I feel it has just the most amount of heart, and I feel it just does such a great job of subverting and changing like various perceptions of things because of you know how the events play out in there. So, I, I feel that was the best one. What if you know Earth lost all of its heroes, the Avengers? I I thought it was okay. I think the answer of who, you know, was the person behind it all, all right, I kind of, you know, fine. I I guess I could see that. I perhaps perhaps like the twist a lot more at the end with Asgard, you know, kind of taking over Midgard and Earth. That was probably a much better twist than who was killing the Avengers. Uh, The Doctor Strange one, I'm mixed on this one. I know some people love it and they love the implications of what the episode is and how it kind of helps explain more of the multiverse and how, you know, a lot of these realities work and everything. I just I just feel that there was something missing from there. And again, I I feel like the way the voice acting was kind of done almost kind of made it feel a little too cartoony, which maybe impacted that. The zombies one, again, it's kind of a funny little diversion. You know, In terms of, hey, here comes zombies, and it's based on the actual Marvel zombie series where it just explores a different universe where Marvel becomes zombies. But I, I would say overall, the series itself, I would say it's been above average. I think there hasn't been those killer episodes outside of, I think, the T'Challa one. I think the other ones are all very satisfactory but i don't think they've been as strong as what we've gotten out of like other marvel series such as either wandavision or loki or uh falcon and winter soldier
1: yeah and see and for me i think i agree i mean it's definitely worth watching i think for me my favorite one i think so far is the captain carter one i think with the t'challa one being a close second um i just the the captain carter one was one like i like, I want to see more of that. Like, I'd like to, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Captain Carter in the movies, you know, having her show up, you know, Haley Atwell, reprising the role and showing up there, you know, the T'Challa one, kind of the same. Like, I don't think that one, well, that one's obviously not going to happen. Um, but I think those two are easily, you know, number one and number two, I think, you know, and different people probably say differently, I think. The third one, yeah, kind of like you said, it, you know, it was okay. You know, I almost feel like it was like, you know, let's just kill the Avengers and find a cool way to make it happen and you know, it was it was fine. It wasn't bad, but it was you know not what I'm ever going to rewatch. I don't think either. Um, the Doctor Strange, one, I think I like more than you did, I think it was just interesting to kind of go on that ride with Doctor Strange and kind of see you know him kind of you, you know kind of took you right along with his madness of you know how he can go down that well of just becoming the complete opposite of what he what we know him as in this world. I think. That was an interesting one. It definitely had a very bleak ending at the end of it where, you know, the whole universe just collapses on itself or whatever. Um, but I enjoyed that one. It was bleak, but I thought it was well done. Um, and the zombies one just again, you know, you know kind of like the same with the, the, the Avengers one just kind of eh, it was fine. It was like they kind of wanted to do a horror thing but couldn't quite go all the way because it's Disney Plus. So they kind of had to half ass it and you know, it was it was okay. It was fine worth watching, but again, I'm probably not ever gonna rewatch that one.
0: I I think the problem with the zombies one is that you you have all your survivors. I think having, you know, Ant-Man be as prominent of a character in it, I don't think he could carry it. I think that was part of the problem I had with that, is just having... When you look at the survivors, and then you, of course, have that little stinger at the end, like, Ah, but things aren't well, but... Yeah, you took all, like, the characters, which were a lot of your B-list character, mostly B-list characters, and, like, what if the A-listers all, you know, became zombies? And, you know, you have what you have at this point.
1: Yeah, I think it's almost like they want to do the Marvel Zombies comic thing, but, like I said, but just couldn't, um, because that's so much over more over the top and would not have played on Disney Plus at all, and so they just had to do this and like you know this is pretty good but yeah it was fine but not great
0: and it's harder to do marvel zombies for two other reasons because or at least do the version of marvel zombies because of how other characters like the fantastic four and the x-men and mutants played into the actual comic series so you take those factors out of there and you kind of limit what your cast is that's available to you and you kind of have what you have yeah true yeah, but I mean, that I, I would say the series has been definitely an interesting distraction. The upcoming episode is supposed to feature uh, Killmonger, and I'm sure it's, you know, what if Killmonger instead, you know, became Black Panther and what happened from there. I would assume that's probably the direction that episode's going to take.
1: Yeah, they released, like, some of the, the, what do they call it, key art, like the poster art, and it was Killmonger on there, so... I, I would assume that you're right. It's probably something along those lines, which should be interesting because Killmonger is one of the more interesting, more intriguing villains that, you know, the MCU has had. So I'll be curious to see what they do. Um, I did just look up as we were chatting, it nine episodes this season, so that's that'll be episode six, right? Correct. And then, Yeah, so then we'll have six, seven, eight, nine. So, yeah, we'll have three left. So. Four. Yeah. Four? Oh, yeah, counting math is hard, people. Um, so, yeah, early October, that'll wrap up, and... I'm not sure. What do we get after that? Seems like they kind of bounce back. And well,
0: forth between. did you see the trailer that released today? I Monday? did, but
1: that's not until is that October? No, that's not no, until November. I that's
0: think. November. That's the Hawkeye trailer. So I don't know if there's anything between What If and Hawkeye, unless we're talking about if uh, what if the Star Wars series? There's got to be a Star Wars one coming out, the Mandalorian season three. I don't think that's been filmed
1: yet. No, that's not. No, that's not till later. I think we get Boba Fett, but that's not till the end of the year. That'll be probably after Hawkeye, I'm guessing. Right. Might not be anything. It might be just like we get a month to just you know relax and not have anything to watch on Disney Plus except for catching up on things. But we'll
0: see. There's the Mighty Ducks, John.
1: Oh yes, the Mighty Ducks. That's already out though. That's like so. That's not going to be new. Yeah. Quack quack. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll have Eternals to go watch. That's it. We have movies in the theater to go watch. By that, mm-hmm. Eternals and Eternals and don't forget about Eternals. Eternals and Shang Chi and Spider Man are still coming out this year. Well, Shang Chi's already out, yeah. but yes.
0: Uh, did you ever? Uh, did you ever say uh, see the movie
1: Free Guy? No, we keep trying to. Like that might actually be what we're going to do this week. Is Mariah and I are going to probably try and do a date night and go check that out? Either. Sometime during the week, or maybe Friday, we'll see when we get it in there.
0: I kind of like that, actually. I saw that a few weeks ago, and I, I would say that with this movie right there, like one movie that got a lot of steam and hype around it, but I think failed to deliver compared to, like, the story it was based on was Ready Player One. I just didn't really feel the movie connected. Honestly, I feel this movie almost connects better than what, what almost did a better job of what Ready Player One was supposed to do and somehow, you know, in terms of, like, video games being an extension of us and what happens when, you know, that becomes reality.
1: It's interesting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Like, I, I didn't care for that. I, li- I liked the book, Ready Player One, and the movie was just kind of, eh you know didn't didn't quite work the same way for whatever reason but yeah I'll be curious to for you guy and and see how it is maybe yeah. that'll be next week's recommendation
0: yeah no I thought it was good nice right all right well that covers uh the things that we wanted to cover at this point um all in all I mean I we're kind of like in this weird pattern right now where and again I my goal is hopefully to try to see Shang-Chi this week you know We'll we'll see that my my life has just been an abnormal busy mess at this point and i'm sure yours has yeah. been too so
1: it has there's lots going on so yeah hopefully you can check that out i already saw it um go see it that'll be a, that'll be a sub recommendation everybody go see shang chi it's really good i quite enjoyed it
0: mhm so i'd like to thank all of you for joining us uh, i'm still one of your hosts mike spragle i am still the other host john Lundquist. Thank you, and join us for our next episode, which will be out in like six months and four weeks.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll have a whole bunch to talk about by then, though. Yes, we will. All right, take it easy, Ron. Yes, everybody, have a good one.